2: listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 533 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is the Weekender Edition. It's the 113th Weekender, so we're glad you're here for us tonight. It is a new year. I did actually throw in some new topics on the random topic wheel, so hopefully we'll have something interesting, or if not interesting, at least hedonistic to talk about tonight. But before we get into finding out what topic we will be talking about tonight, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, Annie 4rd
1: and i kind of forgot to say because i'm not looking at the etherpad that this is the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet so there you go (laughs) um but i think without further ado we should just go ahead and click the little button and make the weird noises so we can find out what topic we're going to be talking about before we get into our hedonistic topics well the first one could be hedonistic too could be hedonism all the way down we're going to find out right now here we go skips in the wheel yeah (laughs) totally legit okay boring no just kidding uh the topic it shows for tonight is making the most of ham radio conventions besides sitting at the booth all day (laughs) yes yes i i I, honestly i don't think that is making the most of a ham radio convention (laughs) quite frankly so that's what we normally do (laughs) <laughs> well, of course, that's what we normally do, because we have a booth, but uh, we also well, do other things.
0: Yeah, like, no, I was going to say, Bill goes out on beer runs, there's bathroom breaks, well, that's quick true. shopping we could, experiences.
1: We could turn this straight into a hedonism topic, you know, because yeah. <laughs> pretty much if you're out looking for food or, or beverages, you know, that's that's definitely making the most of it. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, I know I don't make the most of ham radio conferences, um, specifically Hamvention I'm speaking of, um, because... Usually I spend maybe an hour looking around or just going out to buy some specific thing that I want. And otherwise I'm just spending time in the booth talking with people who pass by and, you know, come by to see us. Um, but bill wanders around a little bit. So, and and there's also like talks and things, which one of these days <laughs> I'd love to attend, um, one day, right? One day. Yeah. One day.
0: <laughs> have you, have you attended a talk at invention?
1: Um,
3: yeah. Yes, I have been to a talk hamvention. But previously. not
0: since you've but not since not- you've been with us.
3: Yeah, not since I've been at the booth. Now, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I've been. It's slightly prohibitive so, so on time. Yeah, yeah. So when you went as an attendee before the whole Linux and the Ham Shack involvement thing, yeah. how did you make the most of your time? Uh,
3: well, I mean, if we're talking specifically Hamvention, you know, I did, uh, I did kind of check the schedule ahead of time, so I knew if there was a talk I wanted to see. I kind of planned the day sort of around that. And then I would ensure that I'm, you know, there on time for it, especially if it's like a first thing in the morning talk, you got to kind of make sure you're in line early. I know our friend there, Andy at Andy's Linux, he had the the very first spot in the morning (laughs) on that was a Friday or Saturday. And, uh, you know, attendance can have a, have a slight problem. uh, You know, if you don't show up early for those, uh, those early talks. So, uh, so yeah, just paying attention to the schedule and stuff like that was very important. Um, and then uh yeah just kind of um making the way around to the various vendors uh seeing what new products are out there Uh, It was always an interest of mine i was never really trying to find anything i think when when i went i took my son and like the only thing i really wanted to pick up was a microphone for my uh my yazy rig and uh you know i didn't need one i really i really didn't need one (laughs) So So I was like, you know, worst case will be the most expensive trip to go buy a a microphone I don't really need. Um, But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I just kind of just blew around the whole uh, vendor thing. And then we did the outdoor uh, flea market. We pretty much did all of Hamvention in a day. I mean, we pretty much covered everything. And then we kind of made notes for the second day to come back and say, like, okay, so I want to spend a little more time here, kind of sifting through all this stuff. Or maybe there was that one vendor out in the, uh, out in the the lot, out in the, the flea market and stuff like that. that had a lot of stuff that looked interesting, but I really wasn't interested in looking at uh, with, you know, extended amount of time for at least the first day. And uh, yeah, so... Uh, that's at least how I kind of planned it. So I used the first day to kind of blow through and see everything, and uh, I think I caught one talk on uh, on the Friday. And Saturday, I spent time just kind of uh, going through and refining exactly what I wanted to go see. And then we only really spent like half a day at Hamvention. Then we spent the other half a day over at the uh, at the museum. So so I was a bad attendee, I guess. <laughs>
1: Well, that's fair enough. Tom also mentioned planning out what talks you want to go to. And I, I know that matters for like Hamvention specifically because there will be multiple talks at a given time. Some of the smaller conventions won't won't be like that. There'll, there'll be sequential talks and you won't have to pick and choose. You could go to all of them. I suppose you still have to do you know, figure out if you're going to be like in the exhibition or going to the swap meet or whatever, and then choosing which talks you want to actually see. Um, but when they, when they have like multiples at once, yeah, you're definitely going to have to to plan that out, figure out which ones you want to be at. Yeah,
3: and I've where been at the small you? ham fest too, where it's like, you know, you could go around the expo- exhibition hall and flea market in about five seconds. So you're pretty much just doing the uh, tracks in the room. So like, that's a little bit more interesting because you're like trying to figure out like, well, I don't really want to go home. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so like, what talk won't I sit here and be an angry old curmudgeon? <laughs> and, and So uh, so that, that, those are kind of eye-opening too because you spend a lot of time in talks, uh, listening to stuff that maybe you're not interested in that maybe might actually spark some interest in the topic. So so I find that kind of interesting too, as kind of like a you know, you're sort of like a prisoner,
0: <laughs> prisoner of the ham fest.
1: <laughs> so I've i like the first year maybe, or maybe the first two years of going to hamvention, I think I wandered out into the Hera parking lot a little bit like outside the North hall and checked out the flea market, but I've really not done any of the flea marketing stuff at the ham. You know, the smaller ones I go to, it's, it's all sort of ham. It's all sort of flea market. You know, there, yeah. there may be like three vendors or something like that. So like the one I'm going to like the, um, or Sam Fest mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing on March 23rd. That's it's all flea market. Cause I think there's, I think, I think there's literally three vendors there and me, and I'm not a vendor per se. Um, <clears throat> But I'm curious to see if the audience has any uh, thoughts on which thing they find more valuable, if there is such a thing, or if they're equally valuable, the flea market, you know, the used equipment, talking with the hams and stuff like that, or the vendors. And in this case, I'm uh, specifically talking about hamvention because that's the one that's gonna gather the most uh, commercial vendors and whatnot. So do you have a thought about whether you enjoy or find more valuable the flea market or the vendors?
3: um hmm. i mean the conversation with the vendors is is probably a bit more intriguing especially if you're looking at a a new product um the flea market's kind of like a flea market so you know you may or may not have an interesting conversation about a certain piece of equipment um that that's debatable <laughs> you know, it all depends on the seller <laughs> seller's mood and it's like you know trying to oh no i don't have any way to test this it worked it worked fine the last time i powered it up kind of thing but uh
1: <laughs> yeah tom says you can get insider info talking to vendors but nothing top secret yeah they they will give out some stuff but they don't they don't give away the things except to the people who are already in the know anyway yeah i was kind of curious about that i mean I know there's stuff that I want and that I would look for. There isn't a lot of it. And the, the, I guess the biggest trouble for the flea, the flea market at something like Hamvention is because it's so large. If you're looking for a specific thing, it might take you a full day to try and find it if it even exists. So you may be, you may may be doing eight hours of futility. Um, yeah, but it seems like (laughs) at least I've seen from a lot of attendees at Hamvention, it's like the goal is to get the Yezu hat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you don't really care about much else it's like we'll go wander around we'll talk to some people we'll see a few things and then w- when we score the Yezu hat then we can go home so
3: <laughs> yeah you gotta get the Yezu hat the uh, kenwood button used to be and then what did Icom have? I don't know if Icom gives any swag out. They do the they do the summer swag thing now where you gotta sign up ahead of time and get in the list and you get a random drawing for the, the iCOM swag.
1: Yeah, there is something to be said, Tom, about the the late uh bargain shopping at the ham fest you know the people who brought in the uh the separate piece boat anchor receiver transmitter combos who don't want to lug that 90 pound thing back home yeah if that's the kind of thing you're looking for you can probably get away cheap but i have not had that kind of luck it seems like everybody's hanging on to their stuff and they've got a price in mind and you know quote unquote they know what they've got and i don't get those those bargains so (laughs)
3: Yeah, you know, there's an investment for him to come come to big things like Hamvention and stuff like that. I know, I know, I bought lots of little knickknacks and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's where I bought like my gear and stuff, some other stuff from, um, and sold some stuff at like the smaller ham fest. Like uh, I've been to like the Tark Fest in Tampa, which is always a uh, you know swap meet basically, and. Those, those are fine, you know, because normally you're trading with people that you already know in town and stuff like that, or you you have a general idea. Maybe you've even worked them or something like that on the repeater. So uh, those are, you know, at least more comfortable to buy stuff from. Some of the, sometimes the Hamvention ones are a bit, uh, 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 you know, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't bought too much stuff out there.
1: Yeah. Oh, and we can't forget, we can't forget the prizes, right? That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, especially for Hamvention, where the last, Last year was what, a $9,000 like dream shack or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta throw your few, uh, you know, raffle tickets in, see if you get stuff, which of course I never do. You, you've actually won some stuff. So
3: yeah. Yeah. I've won, uh, not from hamvention though. I don't think I've ever won anything from hamvention that I can recall. Hamvention
1: is really big, of course, and your odds go way down. So
3: yeah, I have one I uh, my my Yezu rig-, rig here, the FT-450D. I did win at a uh, at a hamfest in Bozeman so i have won that as a raffle item I and mean, it was the grand prize uh so yeah it was a big surprise uh but small attendance so <laughs> the odds were pretty good uh and i have one uh i won the microphone i'm on right now through uh tom's tom medlin's little giveaway thing that he was doing in the live stream so so i've won stuff on tom's thing
1: yeah i do know that this at the Orsham fest the, i know the attendance is light there i'm i'm expecting it to be quite light um but their prizes they have three decent prizes and interestingly enough i'm probably going to throw 50 or 60 bucks at tickets because i think my odds will be you know fairly decent and i actually want the middle prize (laughs) because they have (laughs) The top prize is an FT nine ninety one, and I don't need an FT nine ninety one. I just bought a seven ten. Um, but the middle prize is an FT eight ninety one, and I would like a mobile HF rig. So, yeah. so I'll I'm take nine ninety one. Well, I'll tell you what; I'll give you a good deal on the nine ninety one if I win it. So
3: that's <laughs> sweet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe yes. I'll just maybe I'll just keep the nine ninety one and sell, <laughs> sell the seven ten. I don't know. <laughs>
3: Well, the 710's a a better rig for HF for sure.
1: Yeah. No, I like the 710 a lot. But yeah, I would love to win that 891. That would be kind of nice. And one of the one of the topics we have coming up on the random picker wheel, by the way, is mobile HF operation. I'm actually looking forward to that one because that one I'm hoping for like advice on. Stuff like that. So sweet.
3: Yeah, I want to get back into doing that again one day. (laughs) I actually have to put the antenna on the the vehicle the next time I go to (laughs) hamvention.
1: Yeah. And and that's actually the thing I want to talk about the most when we get to that topic, but let's not get to that topic before we're at that topic. So, so I'm hearing, uh, planning out your day as far as like what you want to do, particularly talks. If there are talks you want to attend, uh, networking course is big. You want to be able to talk to the vendors, uh, talk to other hams, find out what's going on in the ham radio world and all that kind of thing. Uh, making sure you get in on the, you know, at least throwing a few tickets at the prize, (laughs) the prize booth, uh, see if you win anything good. Um, uh, as of a couple of years ago, I think it was, uh, hanging around and, uh, smoking a cigar with, the the, uh, <laughs> the clean crew. That's always good. Yeah, um, that was fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, stopping by the Linux in the ham shack booth, I, I can yeah. highly recommend that.
3: What does Cheryl like about going to these conferences or like, maybe even like a non-ham <laughs> I, I ham like radio anthropor. conference, maybe a non-ham ham radio nothing. conference.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it's it doesn't really matter about any conference. It's it's the aspect of learning new stuff, meeting people. Yeah, you know, that's that's one thing I like about you know going to Hamvention is we get to meet tons and tons and tons of our listeners, but we also get to meet other people that aren't a listener that are intrigued. So we get to talk to them about what Linux and the Ham Shack is, and you know tell them that. Windows is not the greatest thing on earth, but Linux is probably a good thing for them to try. Unless um, you're dealing with audio, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, there's that whole audio thing. But anyway, you know, for me, it, you know, my, my goal regarding shopping at a convention is Russ saying, go find me X. I usually go scope stuff out and then go, okay, I saw it at booth 437 and 691. Here are your prices. Do you want me to go get it? Do you not want me to go get it? You know, I take pictures, you know. And you know, because he's too wrapped up in talking to people at the booth. Which is fine. Yeah. You know? Is so, there anything
1: you would do at Hamvention for yourself?
0: Probably not, because and this this is purely my my thought. Even though there are a lot of people there that use scooters or electric wheelchairs or whatever, other people tend to be fairly rude when you're trying to look at stuff. I've had people literally step right in front of me when I was two foot from a table to talk to somebody, when I was waiting to talk to somebody, and I've encountered that multiple times. Sometimes I call people out on it. Sometimes the whoever's in the booth... We'll call them out and say, look, she was here first. And other times I'm like, all right, fine. I I don't have time to mess with you. And I just go back to the booth. Um, Other people are very courteous. But I would say, you know, if you had to kind of do a percentage, you've got probably 70% that are not courteous and 30% that are. Um, And it kind of, it ruins the experience of the shopping aspect when, you know, people step in front of you when you're trying to look at stuff or whatever. So, but as for me to actually shop for something, no, because Russ buys all of the things I have, Yeah, except I- I think I went and bought the Baofengs, didn't I? Or did you go buy them?
1: Uh, I think it was a combination. I think yeah. you bought some and I think I bought some. So, right. so. Yeah. I don't necessarily want this to turn into a critique of Hamvention. We've done Well, that.
0: no, 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 no. But it's, <laughs> but like, for instance, the Orr's Hamfest are locally. You know, it's, it's it held in a school gymnasium, basically. It's tiny. It takes two seconds to go through the whole thing. Cause it's 99.9% flea market stuff. Um... With lots of boat acres and things, which is, that's fine. People like that stuff. Um, You do tend to, well, the last time I went with you, I haven't gone the last two years, I think. Um, But I think I won about half of their door prizes. We came home with a box of stuff, because they kept calling my name. But I ended up buying, (laughs) like, 40 tickets. So... (laughs) I didn't win the big stuff, but I got the AWRL like a handful of AWRL gift certificates and coffee mugs and all kinds of stuff. So, but, so yeah, it's, you know, the smaller the the conference or whatever, you know, the more likely you are to, to win stuff at their raffles. Um, you know, but it's also not going to be something that you're going to spend all day at. Well the thing
1: is like the Orsham Fest is only five hours. It goes from eight to one. And you know, your point is well taken that you can you can walk the whole thing and probably see everything you need to see in thirty minutes. But there's a surprising number of people who are there the whole day.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, we and there's several people that come by our booth at least once and spend time, if sometimes two, three, four, five, six times. Um and spend a considerable bit of time at the booth talking to us. Sometimes it's just to shoot the breeze, sometimes it's to ask questions. It doesn't really matter. And I notice that a lot of local ham fests are like eight to noon, eight to two, nine to two, something like that. You know, and they've got three or four, you know, talks that they give. And of course you're doing one at the Orris Hamfest. But there's like two or three more that they're doing, plus testing. You know, I think, I honestly think the the biggest thing for smaller, you know, conferences, conventions, fests, whatever you want to call them, is the testing. I think that's a big thing. They want to get, you know, they want to get more people into the hobby. The thing with Hamvention is, you know, people come from all over the world to Hamvention. Um, and so... That's that's a bigger thing. That's like going to the Disney World of, of HamFest versus going to the convenience store of HamFest like a local HamFest would be. Yeah,
1: I'm it. actually kind of looking forward to or's this time because i'm giving a talk obviously and i've done that before doors so that's not a big thing um it is at 11 o'clock in the morning which is like perfect for me it's exactly when i'll like actually be awake and not too late in the day that everybody will have already left um but they're also doing a poda talk and thanks to howard since i've been working my butt off on poda lately um i would actually like to see what the local activators are doing so i'm kind of looking forward to you going know, attending that talk as well. And of course we'll have the booth set up and everything. So so I think I think uh even more than hamvention for me personally, the Ors Ham Fest, I will be maximizing my attendance. You know, we'll have the booth, I'll be giving a talk, I'll be going to a talk, you know, I'll be participating in the raffles, uh obviously interacting in the flea market and all that kind of stuff too. So I guess that's that's kind of like hitting all the bases. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know that I have much to say- Oh, I did want to add one thing. <laughs> it's going to be a little rude, but as far as maximizing enjoyment of a ham fest or any kind of conference or convention that you might want to go to, I would highly recommend um, that everyone, attendees of all stripes, regardless of you're a vendor or just Joe Schmo walking around, focus on hygiene.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, please.
1: There's something about... And this this has been going on for as long as I've been going to conferences, and it doesn't matter what kind of conference it is, people think that if there are 3,000 people in a given place, they don't have to shower. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> yeah, you do. If you want any interaction with the people around you. <laughs> Uh, you know little soap and water is all it takes folks
0: (laughs) yeah we we actually keep uh air freshener at the booth at Amvention mentioned because sometimes (laughs) it is really really needed after somebody leaves so
1: yeah so, so as far as maximizing your convention experience, um, you know, put that on the list as well <laughs> for you and for everyone else. So, all right. That's all I've got to say about it. anybody else anything else they want to add, whether from our listening audience or of, of the hosts. Waiting for typers,
3: but no typers. <laughs> <laughs> we can wait
1: all we want because truncated silence is a thing. Are we giving talks? I'm presuming you mean at Hamvention. And no, we are not. One year. One year we should. <laughs> yeah, one year we definitely should. Maybe maybe if we can uh maybe if we can hit Neil up and uh do a kind of thing since he's already got some traction in that space, um, and maybe do something with him or after him or in conjunction with him or something like that. So we could do something at a hotel or whatever, um, might be useful. Oh,
3: like an after after thing talk.
1: Yeah, an after thing.
0: Yeah, like an after hours thing. You know, the thing is we, we've been next to a booth that had uh microphones. We could do you could do something during the day at our booth. Cause they kinda did.
1: Oh, we've we've um, you know, thought about it. I mean we used to have all the audio gear set up to, to be able to, you know, podcast or whatever or do us. Well a session.
0: no, 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 no. I'm not I'm saying just have people kind of gather up in front of the doors and you stand there with your little uh clip on microphone thing and you know.
1: Uh we've done that too. We did that one year that I can recall. And I remember when we went to OLF we did that too. I still have um we had, a, we had a discussions with several of the people who went to Ohio Linux Fest, and I think even um, Indiana Linux Fest, um, where, we, where we talked to people who stopped by the booth. And I still have a bunch of recordings. And one time at OLF, we did a thing where mm-hmm. we had all like the movers and shakers in the Linux and open source community come by the booth. And if they came by the booth, we were like, can you record a, an opening for Linux in the Hamshack or a, uh, like a promo? And I still get a bunch of those too right so
0: well you also gave us gave a talk at olf too
1: yes i did give. that was one your 100- very
0: 902? very first talk
1: yeah yeah i don't there's probably a recording of that talk somewhere i i think my audience was like four people but right. i did give a talk so
0: it was a little
1: weird <laughs> yeah so yeah. <laughs> it says, uh, vk60k says so a few drops of vanilla essence in your mask yeah kind of we we, yeah. we have like a little uh atomizer so we're like uh we're creating that vanilla essence for you at the yeah. booth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Purely to save our noses and our brains. From yeah, otherwise you'd be walking so. around
1: like a corner with you, with the you know, stuff shoved up your nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it's not that bad. It really isn't. But there,
0: but they I would say probably twenty percent of the population at Hamvention does not know what a bar of soap is
1: well i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's that they never take a shower or anything like that i think they just don't they take do it, it at conventions
0: <laughs> <laughs> or they just don't do it very often you know like once a week oh, once a plus it's, it's so
3: hot and it's it's sweaty it, yeah, and, yeah yeah it and, is
0: you know, people but are huffing it,
3: all over the place and you know right. we don't we don't and get you, that we don't get that running around thing like they do so
0: well, does uh, Linux
1: in the ham shack or not Linux in the ham shack, but it's just like bath and body works. have little things where you can have like uh, promo, uh, you know, cologne.
0: Maybe. <laughs> you know, <this> <laughs> Special Linux in the ham shack version of cologne. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Would you like to try
3: our uh, sample? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> You know the thing is, yes, it does get hot at Hamvention, and it does get especially humid because it seems to rain at least one day, if for even for five minutes. But then the humidity goes up to nine thousand percent, so yeah. everybody is just kind of melting. Um, but if you start the day out freshly bathed with some deodorant, it goes a long way.
1: Yeah. All right. That, so, that's more than enough about yeah,
0: that. Yeah, I know. I know. So
1: Um <clears throat> did get some chuckles in the peanut gallery though, so I'm
0: happy
1: about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that'll wind up our topic on maximizing your ham radio convention experience and hopefully i mean it's kind of timely you know we'd love to see you all at hamvention if we can we know darren won't be there he'll be at ham camption or whatever that thing was yeah. it, some, somewhere down around him where he's going to be spending time with 35 other hams in a loose affiliation of tents or something in western australia so um but for the rest of you uh, make an attempt to be in Ohio. So
0: it it's definitely the thing with hamvention, maybe you don't need to go every year, but it is definitely something you need to do at least once.
1: I absolutely agree.
0: Hera, yeah. Hera was probably, in my opinion, the best because it was just a dumpster fire.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, Hamvention <laughs> and Hera was a an experience unto itself. Yeah. So yeah.
0: But but is pretty cool, too, so... It
1: is, it is. And since they got rid of the tent, it's much better. Because <laughs> we went through that tent the first year, and yeah, that was like, it's like wading through a swamp. And there were actually some of the vendors that I actually wanted to talk to over there, and it wasn't wheelchair accessible. It was muddy. It was, yeah, it was just a...
0: Well, they had pallets mudder. for the vendors to stand on because it was <laughs> yeah. so muddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but they worked out the issues, and uh, the, the venue in Xenia is actually quite nice, so... All right, with that, we're going to slip on into some hedonism, when we start that with food, because we're all human and we all have to eat. And Cheryl's going to talk about a recipe that I asked her to talk about, because this is something she made a few days ago. And I will be eating again as soon as the show is over. Uh, and it's really good, and it's really easy to prepare. And uh, you should all go try it. If, if you like this sort of group of flavors, because I can imagine this is the kind of thing that not everybody's going to be into. Um, but if this is the kind of thing you like, it's really good.
0: Yeah, no, it is definitely good. So tonight, Russ asked me to share my recipe for my mushroom ravioli with Gorgonzola cream sauce. I served this for dinner last week. Russ fell in love with it and requested that I share this recipe. So here it is. It's one package, which is approximately 19 ounces, of Johnsonville Italian sausage links, two cups of heavy cream, salt and pepper, uh, a heavy pinch of cayenne pepper. Actually, I probably didn't use enough. According to Russ, he said it wasn't very spicy. Um, One package of Rana Family brand mushroom ravioli, or you could use whatever your favorite ravioli is. I suggest using either refrigerated or frozen or homemade. That, That always works. Five ounces of crumbled gorgonzola cheese, which is about the size package that they come in when you buy it off the shelf at your grocery store. Two tablespoons of parsley and a half cup of freshly grated Parmesan cheese, um, and some parsley to garnish it with. So, cook your cook your sausage in a skillet. Uh, and there's some further details as will as you read if you want to try the recipe out. Um, then you know add your cream and everything to the skillet add your cheeses cook your pasta mix it all together and serve with a nice thick chunk of garlic bread and that is one heck of a meal so
2: yep
1: looking forward to diving into it again and maybe with uh, the thing you're about to mention
0: all then are you gonna make one for me too
1: uh if i make one i'll make one for both of us
0: yes all right good deal so my mixed drink corner is for a bellini uh this this recipe is super easy and i'm a huge fan of bellinis this is great for summertime or something sweet after a nice italian meal you need one bottle of prosecco three cups of frozen peaches sliced peaches a half cup of peach juice or nectar if you want to use it and some fresh sliced peaches for garnishing um and if you don't want to use prosecco any sparkling wine or champagne is perfectly fine to use for this But you mix everything together and uh, toss it in your blender and then dump it into your glasses and garnish with your peach slices.
1: Okay, I didn't read ahead and see that it actually required blending and fruit and all that crap. So, no, we're not having those.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure we have all the fruit we need. I'm pretty sure we
1: have all the stuff. We just don't have – we're lacking my motivation. So
0: I see. All right. Whatever. (laughs) So.
1: Uh but definitely something to try, especially if the when the war- weather starts getting a little bit warmer. Bellinis are the great a great warm weather, you know, outside sipping on, you know, watching the sunset kind of drink. So yeah,
0: they're they're very refreshing. So
1: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm gonna try and blaze through my my bourbon for tonight. <clears throat> now there's been some. There was some talk and uh, show and tell on Discord. If you're a member of our Discord, if you're not, you should definitely become a member of our Discord. Uh, but there was. I ordered this from an online retailer, and when it arrived, the bottle was shattered in a really strange kind of way. It was. It was broken, and it was clearly broken. But it was leaking so slowly. <laughs> That you needed to like have it on a plate with a paper towel and if you left it for two days you could see a little bit of moisture so i'd never seen a bottle broken in this way before uh but anyway i got back with them and said hey you know you shipped me this bottle it was broken uh they shipped me a new one which was great so then what i did was i took the one that was broken i poured it through five coffee filters into another bottle and that's what i'm drinking tonight so so far uh no hints of glass so excellent (laughs) um but what i'm drinking is 13th colony southern bourbon and from their website okay it didn't take my thing i got hold on i gotta get the thing because it it reverted to the other thing so it's only a small blur but here's what it says Uh, This is from the 13th Colony website. 13th Colony Southern Bourbon is recognized by winning multiple double gold awards. It boasts of a smooth, well-rounded flavor with a slightly sweet finish. Bottled at 95 proof, this unique bottle is a perfect daily sipper. And the whiskey that is in it is aged between four and six years. This is going to be kind of interesting because the mash bill on this is 70% corn, 21% rye, and 9% malted barley, which is the exact same mash bill as the Blue Note whiskey that I reviewed last time, Um, which smacks of it being MGP. (laughs) So um because that's because 70219 is definitely the kind of uh, mash bill MGP would produce which means it's probably the same whiskey so of course what's different about it is what they did to it now the blue note was at much higher proof this is at 95 or 47.5% ABV uh it comes out of americus georgia so it's a georgia bourbon and i don't think i've had any georgia bourbons before this one uh the color on it is golden amber the nose is corn honey creme brulee vanilla and salted butterscotch which i gotta tell you is quite pleasant the taste on it is quite pleasant too you get a little bit of the ute of the four to six year bourbon i think i think you put two more years of barrel aging into this and it would be a mighty fine bourbon uh but this is actually really good uh the taste profile on it is sweet corn leather cinnamon tobacco and hints of cherry and the finish on it, I, I had salted caramel in my list here. Let me take another sip just to see if I can pull anything else out of it. Yeah, some of that leather character is still in there. The tobacco is kind of in there too as it dries out. And there's even a little hint of maybe chocolate, like milk chocolate, in there as well too. Uh, the finish is pretty short, um, but it's quite good. I had this the other night for the first time uh, after filtering out hopefully any glass that might be in it. Um best part about that, of course, is I actually got two of these bottles for the price of one, So, (laughs) Uh, except there was a little bit of angel share because it did leak just a tiny bit. Um, But it's actually quite good, and it's really interesting that the last bourbon, the Blue Note, and this one, having the same mash bill, but of course being aged differently, proof differently, stuff like that, have very different characters. Um, This one sells for about $45, which is a lot less than the other one, but of course the other one was a lot higher proof. But I rated the other one pretty low. I don't remember what I rated it, but it was like 83, maybe. I don't I don't remember. I don't keep track of this stuff. Somewhere in the back of my head. But I would give this one an 89. It's much better, even though it's like the presumably the same product, uh, just worked over differently. And for the price point, I would prefer this. And I'm glad that I have two bottles of it because it means I can drink twice as much. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway, that's 13th Colony Southern Bourbon. Uh, I'm enjoying it. An 89 is a pretty good rating, especially for a $45 and under, you know, bottle of whiskey. And uh, at 95 proof, it's not, um, you know, it's not, they didn't cheap out on it either. So uh, highly recommended. All right, Bill, what do you got going? I just got a, a beer
3: here. I happen to have a can. Uh, from my favorite establishment here in town and it's uh mountain mountains walking brewing out of bozeman montana and this is their experimental series uh opaque thoughts it's an an IPA so you probably would hate it uh, <laughs> it's seven point five percent uh alcohol and uh yeah it's uh it's not very uh bitter but it definitely has a lot of uh, a lot of nice uh Nice IPA notes, you know, got a lot of the citrus taste and everything else. On the side of the can, it says, uh, "I have no idea what all this means, but this might mean something to somebody." Uh, it says, "Beyond Dank Nelson <laughs> Nelson soven So I have no no idea what that is. Uh, Idaho Seven Strata Liquid Chinook Brew Gas Terpene. So maybe these are ingredients. Those or... are the
1: kinds of uh, hops. I think those are okay. Hops.
3: Those are hops. Okay, so it has one, two, three, four, five, you know, whatever, five, five types of hops in there. So uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely hoppy, but not, uh, not on a high bitter scale. I think it's, uh, it's it's a nice, easy drinking IPA. And uh, looks like, you know, being their experimental series is probably just a limited run. So probably won't be able to find this again, <laughs> at least not, not for another season or so
1: all right very good yes i am not a fan of the ipas i have i have had one or two that i can recall that i I didn't want to throw up after drinking them um but generally speaking yeah not not my kind of thing so oh another topic coming up on uh on the random topic wheel since we're giving out hints is the best beer Yep. I'm sure we're all looking forward to that one. Uh, but anyway, that brings us down to the end of our topics for tonight. So we got to uh, jump on to announcements and feedback. We didn't have any feedback. We did have some announcements, though, or an announcement, which is that the Linux in the Shack Hamvention 2024 GoFundMe is live. Um, we're already getting close to a third of the way to the goal. So thank you to everybody who's donated so far. But if you have, you know, a couple extra bucks in your pocket or whatever, and you can throw them our way, it would really help us out. Getting to Hamvention again here in 2024. Uh, it's coming up in, you know, three months. Only three months to Hamvention. So um, we do have about, uh, I think it's $350 to go. Uh, so if you can help us out, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, the link is lhs.fyi-hv2024. And uh, with that, we will I'm sure we'll see everybody at Hamvention. We're, we're looking forward to it. Um, our goal is only $500, so should be pretty easy to meet. We really thank all of our listeners and, and everybody else who contributes. Uh, it helps us get there every year. And we've been doing it since 2010, so uh, with a couple of uh, gaps in there in the middle. But All right, that's all I've got. So now we're down to subscribers, supporters, and live participants. So we'll bring Cheryl in here to uh,
0: wrap things up. All righty then. So for our subscribers and Patreons... We had Rodney, excuse me, Rodney Underkoffler. Well, we didn't have anybody on Facebook or Twitter on Insta, Instagram. Wow. We had Ivan, Victy five oh nine on Mastodon. We had at VK two TTY at Thundar, at Waltman at D O one MJ at W one PAC. At Loic underscore Fizas, Fizas, yeah, something like that. At A four WX and at PG four I. Nobody joined us on the mailing list on Discord. We had Trite Y o five L N X, which is Lori, Mark, and Vonnegut five twenty. And in the live chat tonight, we Does have that Tom. Look like a five to you. Yeah, is it an S or something? Four. It's a four. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, was, I thought you were talking about Lori. I was like, no, that really looks like a five to me. Sorry. I <laughs> want to get 420. Sorry. And on our live chat tonight, we had NA4HAI, Tom, Ted WA0EIR, Steve KA7HVT, Winston KD2WLL, Darren VK6EK, and Paul KE5WMA
1: you're uh, experiencing a little Vonnegut 420.
0: Maybe <laughs> Yeah. Uh, obviously my my eyes are staring at the Lori thing and you know, I, I don't know. I tend to, to breed ahead of myself or M- something.
1: Blow up the font a little more.
0: <laughs> no, it's already at 250%. So <laughs> I, I well I don't have my glasses on. So
1: you're 250% on a thirty-two inch monitor. My goodness, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No wonder you can only see four characters at a time.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I can see a lot more than that because it wraps it around.
1: All right. Well, anyway, that brings us down to the bottom of the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you uh, had a good time with our weekender tonight. We hope you'll join us for the deep dive next week. And uh, please donate to the Hamvention campaign if you can. If you can't, or even if you can, please go ahead and mention it to everybody you know. Uh, The more people that hear about it, the faster we'll reach our goal. And, of course, we're looking forward to seeing everybody at Hamvention. So we'll let you get back to whatever you were doing before you started listening to us, and we really hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you all very, very soon. This has been episode number 533, the 113th edition of The Weekender. We'll catch you all next time. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl,
3: W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at LHSpodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1909 LHS Show. That's 1909 547 7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.